0: Welcome to Open Source Sustainability. I'm Alex Lassiter, CEO of Green Places. On this show, I talk with sustainability leaders to learn how companies are adapting their business models to be in line with sustainability goals. We believe sustainability has to be open source to be successful, and these leaders have offered us a glimpse inside their strategies in the hopes that we can all move forward together. We are fascinated by some of the unique challenges these sustainability leaders face and are excited to dive deeper. In this episode, we speak with Paul Young, Sustainability Strategy Manager at Meta. Meta is the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp and is pioneering the combination of social media and virtual augmented reality with the metaverse. With many people using these products, they're in a unique position to pioneer sustainability with the world watching. Meta envisions a transition to the zero carbon economy that will create a healthier planet for all and as Sustainability Strategy Manager, Paul connects with partners in the climate and sustainability sectors to advise on their sustainability operations, renewable energy projects, and their new climate product team.
1: Let's get into it.
0: Hey, Paul, how are you? Welcome to the uh, Open Source Sustainability Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Always happy to, to talk climate. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, maybe maybe to start off with, would love to hear a little bit more about your role at, at Meta, uh, especially as it pertains to sustainability.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I work for the meta sustainability team. We, our sustainability team actually sits in our infrastructure organization, so the organization that builds data centers all around the world and keeps Facebook working, um, and a lot of renewable energy projects as well. As we'll, as we'll get into, my role is to work with partners, with to work with the kind of broad climate and sustainability industry to connect with experts, both to help uh, us with our sustainability operations, but also to help our new climate product team um, to develop products that people can use that can help climate change overall. That's probably the best way to describe my role.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the main question here is like, you know, what is, meta is a lot. Like meta is, there's so many different facets of this business. What does sustainability mean to, to, to meta? Like where does the bounds stop there? Like what is, what's all encompassed in that?
1: Yeah, sustainability at meta is really for us, first and foremost, about our operations. Um, how do we run our business in the most sustainable fashion? But also how can we support communities and how can we help uh, have a large positive impact on the world? Operations, though, is, is most important, I think, for any business. And I think when you think about uh, how a business is thinking about sustainability, what goals is the business setting, what goals is the business setting, uh, and talking about publicly what's in the sustainability report. Um, you can see a lot of this in detail on our sustainability website, sustainability.fb.com. But a few of our most important goals and targets, uh, we have a goal to be net zero across our value chain by 2030, mm-hmm. so scope one, two, and three. Uh, aligned with the science-based targets initiative. So focused first and foremost on reduction of emissions. So that's that's a, that's a big goal. 2030 is, mm-hmm. I think, relatively quite quite early. I was reading the other day, um, I think only 2.8% of the Fortune 500 have a net zero by 2040 commitment. So honestly, it's the most important thing. And I think a great question for people is, is, does your business have a net zero target? Because um, that's the most important thing your business can do. Secondly, uh, we have a commitment to use 100% renewable energy. We've been using renewable 100% renewable energy um, for some time. This really helps us. We, we've already reached net zero across scope one and two, and it's predominantly from using 100% renewable energy. And this is a very large scale. I think we're probably one of the largest purchasers of renewable energy in the world. I think every year it changes a little bit. But at the end of 2021, um, we had contracts in place for more than 7,500 megawatts of solar and wind energy. Wow. 4,900 megawatts of that operating now, which is enough to power 3.6 million US homes. And yeah, there's a lot of Americans. I'm I'm Australian. There's not a lot of Australians. Like 3.6 million homes is a lot. (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, 100% renewable energy. And we have a big commitment there. And a lot of what we do is frequently we're working to build solar projects, wind projects that both service our operations, but also the, the local community where they are. And then finally, this is a newer target that we announced last year that I think is really cool um, because I have a water background. But we have a goal to become water positive by 2030. So Mm. we want to be restoring more water than we're using to run our business. Um, So we think the water goal is also really important. So that's probably our most important targets that really show what sustainability means for us.
0: So as a as a technology company, as a company that's building, I mean, I know you do more than just like software and tools like that. These are some pretty Big goals, like why is this a part of what y'all do? Like, why is this? Why does this even matter to Meta in the first place? You're, you're not, you huge company, but you're not the biggest emitter of carbon on the planet. So, why True. is it something that y'all have taken some leadership in at this point?
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, go back. Go back to our mission. Our, our mission is to to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. So, really, you know, we serve everyone on the planet, ideally, mm-hmm. everyone with a smartphone. So, communities. Can't exist in a, in a world with a climate change. So I think that simply aligns with our mission. But then also, if you look at every level, people care about this. Our users care about this. We we always mm-hmm. try to serve our users globally. Uh, our employees care about this. The, at, at every level, this is this is very important to people. Uh, we serve people, mm-hmm. um, so therefore we care.
0: So one of the things that I find fascinating about this is is that you are an enormous organization, and obviously this is something that you have a background in, and I know you have a great team behind you of people. Um, that think and are knowledgeable and just work like wholly in sustainability, but uh the vast majority of of team members um across the world this isn't their mm. core job so how do you take these pretty complex topics, these extremely uh, i think ambitious goals, and then get that out to everybody like how does like is this yeah. something that if i 'm an engineer? A meta that i think about like is it somebody if i'm a salesperson selling ads on instagram or whatever it might be like is this like how is it disseminated through hmm. the culture i guess that's one of my questions is how does this move from like a kind of a big corporate initiative you can put up on a slide somewhere to something that that's right
1: your, your employees Ten are living thousand people are around yeah in the business yeah uh so it's interesting so always these things you start with data you start with where's data where's the footprint a lot of our footprint sits with our data centers mm-hmm. um and, and sits with our core operations. so that's why our sustainability team sits with our our core operations team we spend a lot of time there so the folks that are closest to the the impact mm-hmm. are spending the most time and they're the closest However, we have tens of thousands of employees all around the world, as you mentioned, so we do a lot of work internally to, um, help people understand, get trained on this and frankly, feel, feel inspired. So we have one person on my team, um, who leads this all, um, for Mm -hmm. the company. And so she does a whole bunch of activities ranging from education, internal events. We have green at groups that are really quite active. We're also starting to do some, some early pilots of training. Um. Mm-hmm. So more formal training on all the pieces because against a net zero target, every single human can can have real impact. Like mm-hmm. no matter what your role is, even before your role, how you get to the office, uh, how much you're traveling for business, and can you take a train instead of a plane in many cases. We serve food uh, in most of our offices. So what's your food choice? So there's some like key pieces there that do hit our scope three. And then there's the piece of we envision a world where we're kind of already there, but we're trying to formalize it much more where across the whole business, there's going to be people extremely oriented towards having a positive climate impact. Mm-hmm. And how can they in their role, yeah, if you're an engineer on some certain product that might be like very specific to a corner of Instagram or something, mm-hmm. uh, how can you have a climate impact? Um, so we're trying to help find those people, educate them, have them understand what a scope three target is and, and what what measurements really matter. I had something of a personal journey on this front. Um, I've been at Meta for nine years. Uh, the sustainability team, only two and a half. My background is social impact. So I've always kind of, you know, had this like use the internet to help the world has been kind of mm-hmm. the, 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 the core of my career. But I worked on our media partnerships team for many years, launching projects for Instagram. And in my spare time, I took climate reality leader training and started to get mm-hmm. really educated I started reading books like crazy. But through connecting with our sustainability team, when I didn't work on it, I was able to do a whole bunch of internal work and projects mm-hmm. and know it align and so often when we're thinking about how do we educate tens of thousands of employees I, I have this i work very closely with that person who leads it because i have this personal piece of like i was outside of the org the org's biggest fan internally and trying to help trying to find out a way to be useful in a, in a way that made it made an impact and needed help to get there so yeah so there's pieces there but we got a lot to do, and uh, I, I envision a world where, like, one day everyone will be like, "Gold on it and working on it." That's kind of my personal where I think we're going to get to.
0: Well, I think that I think that's really cool. You know, one of my favorite organizations when it comes to this is uh, is Unilever, and I think a lot about how you take something like a big corporate goal and you make it part of like the culture of what it means to be there. And I think for me. At least a lot of this comes to education. I feel like I don't have to convince a lot of our employees. We work in the tech industry and obviously I'm a sustainability company. So a lot of our employees care about this anyway. But I think a lot of people do want to learn about this stuff. And I just feel like a really great corporate sustainability team understands that people are on all different sides of the journey and they can give them resources to learn. And then a lot of them will. And maybe one day, like you, they jump over and they do this full time or it just becomes part of a a way that they can better manage their life. Um, which I think is just such a such a great opportunity for technology to me to, to be able to do so. So you all have some really big goals. Uh, and obviously, you've been very public about those things, which I think is great. What are some things that people would be surprised to hear about when it comes to sustainability at Meta? Like, is there something that you wish like your employees or your customers knew that they probably probably didn't?
1: Yeah, so... I, I find this interesting. So for me, we are such a big business, you know, we're a very large organization. Um, there's so many people doing so many interesting things that, you know, you can like go into some like AI tech talk mm-hmm. and listen to someone who's got a doctorate, who's talking about stuff that I'm non-technical. It blows my, my head off. Um, so often I, I kind of look within these big goals and the big targets that are very impressive and, and try to look for like, what are the bright sports? What are some of the specific projects? I'll, I'll share a few of them. There's a few that I think are, individually compelling and sort of talk to the talk to the impact within those Mm -hmm. goals one one around renewable energy so you know we fund renewable energy projects all around the world you can go on a sustainability website you can see a map of where they all are and what, what they are but uh, one of the things, yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an Aussie, proud Aussie, and an, an APAC boy, so I'm always interested in the APAC region because it's, it's home. Our, So we have a, a large Singapore operation. We have to have data mm-hmm. centre in Singapore. So therefore, we build renewable energy projects in Singapore. And if you think about Singapore, if you've, if you've ever been there, like Singapore is a lot smaller than Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to have tremendous wind farms everywhere on a, on a broad landscape when you're looking at a plane window. You, you, you don't have a lot of room. So in Singapore, we both helped like rooftop solar wind up on about 1200 homes, but we also helped fund and create a floating solar farm. Wow. Uh, and I've seen images of it and it's like, it's, it's, it feels to me like, I'm just so glad that that technology is like it, not an idea, but exists and is being used at scale. And so I find that there's such a cool example of what this, like, you know, seven and a half thousand megawatts, such a huge number. Like, what does that even mean? I can't picture three, what, six million homes, but a floating solar farm, mm-hmm. You know, powering uh, data centers and, and and other things in Singapore renewable energy is great. Um, so that's one. Um, on the waterfront, so when we think about being water positive across our operations. Um, I was talking to our lead of water partnerships the other day, and she's brilliant. And I'm, I've, I used to work for a nonprofit called Charity Water, so I just I love, I'm so interested. Waters, and I, I my family had a farm in Australia, my grandparents. So every farmer in the world cares a lot about water. We we're doing things like river restorations and and more. You know understandable eco, eco, ecological projects but some of the water projects that our, our partnerships leads most excited about at the moment are where we're working with farmers in areas where we operate to help them upgrade their irrigation basically have better technology that uses much less water and and I love that um because we have a focus on where's the higher water stress areas and how can we have more mm-hmm. impact And those things can make a real impact. Yeah. I think, I think about my grandparents and there's the two of them running a farm. It's I I don't know, a bit of a different model in America. Often it's more of a business, but we, it would have been really hard for us to have upgraded Mm -hmm. all our irrigation. And to be able to do that and have that impact and use less water is powerful. So that's, that's a few that really jump out to me. Oh, one more. This one was cool. Um, Data centers are huge buildings and that's a large part of our footprint. Cement. And concrete is a huge contributor to global greenhouse gases i think it's like eight percent overall and it's very hard to decarbonize like if you read bill gates book it's really hard to, to yeah. decarbonize cement that's um, one of like the core a,
0: pieces that has to get fixed right that's like one of the core tenets of like we have to solve the cement yeah, problem yeah yeah
1: that's right that's right the whole and we want to build things and so it's a, it's hard yeah. so we um and we're good at, we're good at data um we're good at ai um we did a partnership with researchers at the university of illinois to develop an AI model to optimize concrete mixtures, to optimize both for sustainability and strength. So this is early, but we've done some early field testing. And for, for this concrete, carbon emissions were reduced 40% while strength, the requirements of what we needed from strength were exceeded. And so that's basically oh. trying to use AI to look at the mix of how concrete traditionally been made and like, can you optimize? Because there's less cement in the concrete. Yeah. Bring emissions down way, way, way down. So that, that to me, those examples are like the small stories that a business at scale decarbonizing, like that's what it's going to take. So I I, I just find them really, really cool. Like I, on all of those, I wish I could like sit down with the people doing them for hours and ask them a thousand questions.
0: Well, what's cool about this too, is like, you know, I feel like Meta is like such a, like an intangible company, but these are really tangible things. Like these are like working with farmers and figuring out water solutions. I come from a family of family farmers as well. Like, yeah, but these are real things you can put your hands on. Like these aren't just sort of like, Hey, it's in the internet and we can figure things out. You're using the tools that, that, you know, Meta has at its disposal to be able to actually help this problem and lend a hand to it, which to me gives me like a ton of climate optimism, but it's, it is like, it's, it's these very, I think, tangible solutions that a lot of people i think usually don't realize are actually happening you know
1: yeah yeah and and and, and can have huge impact like like 40 percent less for an ai model you know it's not a scale yet but that's that's, that's a promising. lot As a, yeah. yeah it it feels insurmountable like this the world's so carbonized but yeah all these things matter and and how can we do it all faster
0: yeah that's fantastic I assume you have, you have a fair amount of support in the business. You've got executive support, you've got lower level support, you know, what, what can the average consumer of your products do to help? Like if I wanted to, to make things better or be able to help, you know, meta achieve their sustainability goals and net zero targets, like what are things that, that individuals can do?
1: yeah i i don't think about it exactly that way i don't think about it as people helping us i think we mm. have a responsibility to help the people mm. and i think that's our, our biggest opportunity is is beyond our operations beyond scope one two and three as a platform yeah you know, as, as as a platform that's bringing communities together and giving people tools um, to strengthen their communities strengthening their communication we're actively thinking about how we can do more how can we help the whole climate industry accelerate how can we help individuals take climate action faster um we just recently, uh, this is the main focus of, of a lot of my work, but we just recently formed our first formal climate product team and a product team within a tech company, um, for anyone listening who's not like technical, imagine this is the team that, that builds experiences that you can see on your phone if you log into Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, or if you put on a headset and you're in the metaverse, like if you are one of our users, what could we give you that that could allow you to take climate action? We're really early. We do a lot of like testing and, and internal work and a lot of expert engagement. We really, there's much smarter people in the whole climate space than us. So we're trying to just understand where, where what we do really well can accelerate. But like one example, if you go to Facebook on your phone and type in climate, you'll get pointed to the Climate Science Centre. We have this out in many, many countries. Um, it's available to millions of people. And the Climate Science Centre has things like information from expert sources that explain what's happening. You can see how temperatures changing where you are. Uh, you can access um, the common myths that you might hear about about the space and understand like why those are myths and why those might be out there um, so that's just like a hint of where we're going but there's a there's a lot more here and a lot of the insights are we we do a partnership with yale where we do a global climate survey um, on people's climate opinions and so we've been running this for quite a few years now most recently we reached you know 100 000 facebook users in about 200 countries and territories understand what are their opinions about climate the findings are becoming consistent that the majority of people nearly everywhere 200 countries are somewhat or very worried about climate change nine in ten in Central and South America like people see this as a as a threat a majority in nearly all countries two-thirds of countries think climate change will harm future generations a great deal and pretty much everywhere people think climate should be a high priority for their government and so, we see that use case. We see the need from people. We want to serve people. We want to serve their communities. I think how can we pull this together and and help individuals take the actions they want to do to to, to help on climate
0: broadly. Uh, you know, on the speaking on the tech industry next ten or fifteen years, how do you think the tech industry will be shaped or be shaping the discussion around climate? Like, what does this look like in in ten or fifteen years from now? Like, is this is a part of everyone's. You know, toolkit is it something yeah. that tech plays a big role in?
1: Like, what's yeah. what? What do you think it looks like? Ten or fifteen years in tech is real hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. But 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 but, but uh, I'm I'm glad you're not asking me like specific ideas of what what the experience of internet <laughs> looks like because wow, it's going to be amazing. Then I'm excited. I, I'm an optimist um, at my core. I'm very excited about tech's potential here. Uh, my whole career has been focused on on tech for positive social change because. All society needs to move extremely fast to decarbonize the world. We have to do it together and technology is the path, I believe, that will get us there. I think you already see a lot of the tech companies, a lot of the larger tech companies have like solid climate commitments, um, solid net zero targets, like pretty solid teams. And, and from an operations standpoint, so are moving really fast towards where, where we all need to be. But I honestly think it's, it's this layer of like help every individual have as much positive climate action impact as possible. That's what we're hoping to do with our climate products. But I think everyone's trying to do it. Um, I admire what Google's been doing, Mm -hmm. um, with their suite of tools. Like, you know, you jump in your car and Google maps, puts you on an eco route. That's the same time. Like, why not? Like that's a no brainer. I literally, so Google flights have a cool tool now where you can see the carbon emitted by different flights. We went to Australia for the first time since the COVID lockdown, the first time my, my daughter went to meet all her extended family. And that's like, it's a big flight. And so I was thinking about the carbon emissions and through Google's tool, I learned that flying through Fiji was significantly like something like 27% less carbon. Really? Than Why? Direct, which I thought takeoff and landing would, I think because it was a, apparently Fiji Air, I guess, has like a really, must have a really modern plane that's really efficient. Yeah. So we literally went to Fiji. Wow, and had a lovely four day time, and used twenty seven percent less carbon to have like a nice. That's stopover. a total
0: win. That, I, I never would have that. thought That's about crazy. It. So I guess, it, was, it. It was even
1: slightly cheaper. So, yeah, like, what a great the... like, just make yeah. I think I think it was because it was a optimized plane versus the longer ones. Yeah. Like, it's a fourteen hour flight from LA, so it's like this, yeah, you accrue more benefit from efficiency. But I think those examples, and I just think about it, can every business do that in. LA, anytime I use an Uber, I use Uber Green or Uber Comfort. I frequently get a Tesla and it's like a better experience. I wish it was the default, but I think that those businesses will work towards it. So I think I envision a decarbonized world soon, um, yeah. hopefully for my kids and, and for all of us. I think tech may be able to just speed everything, um, yeah. hopefully, as long as we get really close with the experts and and both really close with the experts and really close for a measurable impact on carbon and don't just do things that like seem great, but don't move the needle, but get really good at holding ourselves accountable for what really, really matters. And secondly, build experiences that people want because, you know, that's always the hard thing as well. You can't just like hope you have to find find value for people and, and provide value for them in an experience.
0: That's great. Well, and, you know, uh, as a fellow optimist on this, I think one of the messages that I think is so important here that, um, you know, I don't think it's like heard enough is being more sustainable, decarbonizing doesn't necessarily mean a worse experience. I think a lot of people None. have this view sometimes that doing better for the world, you know, means a trade off of some capacity. If you're a business, it means you know less profit. If it's a individual, it mean may not the comfort that you have, but. You know, that experience in, in Uber Green, like the ability to be able to stop Fiji, all that type of stuff. Like there are ways to be able to do this in a way that's smarter. Uh, there's a way that the, the future looks a lot brighter. Um, and there's certainly a way to be able to participate in this stuff in a way that's an additive experience, which I think is a big shift.
1: You future know? generations are going to look at us like we're crazy because we burned, dug up rocks and burned them for so long, especially now when we have different solutions. Like I even think about like, like air quality um, and the impacts of air quality from when you decarbonize. Like, we we often have quite bad air quality in LA. I keep a pretty close eye on it. And there's cars everywhere. And the fact that they're not all EVs is yeah. wild well to me. And when we are and the air quality is massively, measurably improved, like our kids' generation are going to look at us and be like, you used to breathe air that bad and just think it was normal and you didn't have to. And other things too. But, was, and that's I, beyond even the climate impact. Yeah. I was, I was in London
0: recently and they've done a really great job of putting EV bikes throughout the city. Um, and so the mm. city itself yeah, is great. really, I mean, it's it, Love a bike the most remarkable thing that I saw was the EV charging infrastructure in London. Looks like it's been there for 50 years. Like it's not the big fancy stuff that we have here that you see where it's like this supercharger type thing. It's literally like, just like, marked off on the street on a side kind of street somewhere. And it's coming out of like a telephone pole and it's like super like, it just looks like it's been there forever. And one of the things that, that my wife and I noticed was how quiet the city was. Mm. It was, it was ah, remarkable walking through. Yeah. yeah. It was a remarkable walking through town and, uh, and it was quiet and it was because we noticed that uh, about half of every vehicle that we saw was EV. And I was like, I just completely didn't even think about it, but it was a totally different trip. And that type of stuff is exciting. Um, I think. Similarly, uh, you
1: eat, eat a plant rich diet. You're going to feel great. Like if you just did yeah. that as a, as a, for health reasons, you're going to feel phenomenal. Um, here's all these pieces. We're a, we're a one car, two e-bike family. Yep. And gosh, I love the e-bike. It's such a great way so to fun. get around. And this is even, even in LA when we have like terrible bike infrastructure, but I can get lots of places. I ride a bike, a beach park on my e-bike places and it'll take the same time as driving my car and it's phenomenal.
0: I scooter to work now and it's my favorite thing to do in the morning. Like it is, it is like, it's the best part of my day is waking up and, and I I, I walk basically to a daycare. And then from there I I scooter the rest of the way and it's fantastic.
1: And so this is the thing, like how can we have these experiences that are clearly better and better for the planet that that we need them to be? How can we just speed them as quickly as possible? Like how can we give everyone that experience and, and understanding other people? Cause until you talk to a human and like hear about that, or, in, in, you know, you're influenced by the like, until you see it a lot, like, those make a difference. So I think for us, like for meta, that's a lot of what we're thinking about is ways to just, just make it easy for people to find the options they want that are more sustainable. And I think, I think all of tech has a role to play in that, um, and can amplify these like positive climate solutions that are great for people.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Was well, there anything that I missed that I should have asked that I, that I didn't, uh, from your side?
1: No, I think, I think you, I think you covered it. Um. There's like so much territory, but no, I don't think, I don't think I missed anything that I wanted to particularly call out. We're still like, we're still at the point where so much of what we're building is, is kind of in the test to like meta. It's always like build it, test it, like really get it right for people. And when it fits scale, scale, scale. And so we're at the early steps. Like I, I can't wait for the day where I'd be like, the whole conversation, I'd be like, pull up Instagram, press this button, check this thing out. Have you seen this? Are you in a group about this? Are you, have you been to this metaverse experience? Like, it's phenomenal. And we're just, we're, we're still early. Um, but that's a, moving fast.
0: That's a remarkable <laughs> difference than being in a, a startup software company because it's the opposite. It's like, I think this works, let's put it out there and hopefully it doesn't completely collapse the system and then we'll try it again. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, thank you so much for, for joining today. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I I you got going on. Congratulations on the upcoming baby and um great and-
1: great to be here really fun appreciative of the opportunity just to come in and, and chat about what we're trying to do and you know i love what you guys are doing big believer i'm happy to support in in any way like the the needs so there. like i'm just seeing it again and again I mean, i'm talking to client people now like people can't work it out fast and so i think you're, you, you guys are in a great place i so just wishing you success and scale because we all we all need it
0: thanks man i really appreciate it Thank you to Paul for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you like this show, please be sure to leave us a review and follow this podcast wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. This podcast is powered by Green Places. If you are looking to reduce your company's environmental impact and reach your sustainability goals, visit greenplaces.com to learn more. I'm Alex Lasseter, and I'll talk with you next time on Open Source Sustainability.